Uh, so it's Luke 14, verse 15 to 24. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it, please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out, please excuse me. Still another said, I've just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to the master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. This is the word of the Lord. For those of you guys who I have not had the privilege yet of meeting, uh, my name is Jody, and I moved here a couple of months ago to join the All Date student team uh, and kind of serve here in Oxford. And, um, and I realized that actually a vast majority of you guys won't yet know me. And so what I did was I conducted some market research. <laughs> I went to those guys who do know me well, my friends, my family, and I said, if you could describe me in a short little sentence or some of the things I do, what would you say? And here are some of their answers. Die-hard Liverpool fan with no chat and awful dance moves. We've got at least one Liverpool fan in the room. Exactly. We've got Jodie's the type of person to break an arm for it to be miraculously healed and then break the other arm the next week. That did, in fact, happen. Does some church stuff with uni students and church, question mark? <laughs> Full-time legend, part-time pastor. My, <laughs> perhaps the most glowing review from my dad is she is all right. And so I'm trustworthy, uh, and so it's really great to be here with you guys tonight as <laughs> I share. And now, as we've got to know each other a little bit, I want to talk tonight about experiencing the party and extending the invitation. And now, invitations are great, right? Generally, we love being invited to things because being invited to something implies that the person doing the inviting wants you to experience something with them. That being said, I'm sure there are plenty of things that we don't love being invited to. Perhaps an invitation to your boss's office the morning after the, the, the work Christmas party, where you know you had a couple of wines too many and probably said some things to Carol in HR that you shouldn't have. Or maybe there's a new cat cafe in town and someone said, hey, let's go for a coffee, but you don't have the heart to tell them you despise cats. Or maybe you're here tonight on the back of an invitation and maybe you've accepted somewhat reluctantly. And whatever the reason that you find yourself here in the room tonight, I am so glad you're here and you are so welcome. And so the story that Jesus is telling is all about people experiencing that party on the back of an invitation and then themselves extending the invitation too. 
And so when Jesus is telling this story, by the way, it's Jesus telling the story, he's sitting at a table and he's sharing with a group of Jewish people who knew the promise of the Old Testament. It was found in Isaiah 25 where God said that he will one day gather all of his people from every corner and end of the earth and bring them together for the greatest party ever, the kingdom of God. And this was a promise of an eternal party that will one day happen when Jesus returns. And that's why this guy said, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God, because he was confident that when the end of history comes, there will be a great banquet with the Messiah who is long awaited, and as a reward for the proper godly people, he will be included. But to his surprise, Jesus tells his story of a party, a great banquet, and instead of just a few select people being invited, everybody is invited to come and experience it. And now these events were central to the way that they did community. They often gathered around to feast and to eat and to dine together. But the one here that's being described is withheld for the most special occasions. And you can kind of imagine the setting, can't you? This big banquet hall with long tables, with great table decoration and lit by candlelight. And then you stop and you smell the food. And it's amazing. And there has been zero expense spared on the food that is prepared and the best wine and lots of it. And there would be partying and dancing and general merriment. And it would have taken months in preparation. And the date would have been sent out long in anticipation. And then just at the right time, when everything was ready, and only then, would the host send his servants out to the street saying, now, now is the time to come. And I love this story. I love what Jesus is saying here, so much so that I actually got a tattoo of it. However, what do you think of tattoos? However, I went to the tattoo artist and said, can we have a big banquet table? And what I got looks slightly more like an Ikea study desk. <laughs> so take this, ignore it, and, uh, and picture something even bigger, even grander, but I love it. <laughs> and I wonder, what is the best party you've ever been to? What's the best invitation you've ever received? And what made it so good? Perhaps for you, it was the people. The people throwing it or the people that were coming. Maybe it was the food or the drink or the music or the decoration or the meaning behind the party. Perhaps you were celebrating a big moment in your life or someone else's life that you love dearly. And for some, maybe me, often dancing is included. But the one being described here by Jesus is the party to end all party. This party is a millennia in the making, better than anything we have ever experienced or will ever experience. God does not do things by halves. He doesn't welcome us in and hand us like a little measly cucumber sandwich. He throws out the red carpet. He knows exactly what to do. He is the fountain of living water to wash away all of our shame and brokenness. He gives us the indwelling of the Holy Spirit who gives us peace to replace anxiety. He gives us joy to replace our depression. He gives us power to overcome our temptation and he gives us wisdom to help us along the way. 
You can have a relationship every single day with the one who came to save us, the one who created you, the one who knows you by name. And then we also get the promise of eternity with him in heaven. And it's not just an invitation to a party that we get. It's an invite to a party person. I wonder what you think of Jesus. Maybe you'd attach language of kind of king or savior or lord or friend. I wonder if you've ever added party planner to that list. Five years ago, in all honesty, I thought Jesus was an elitist. I thought he was a bit of a bigot. I thought he was pretty boring and entirely irrelevant to my life. Maybe you're here tonight and you're in that camp or anywhere in between. But once I'd actually experienced him, I realized that Jesus is not a killjoy. Jesus is a party boy. He is the best (laughs) and eternal party planner. He is captivating and compelling and wonderful and kind and compassionate and merciful and just, and he is funny. Jesus is funny, and he is many, many things, but Jesus is not boring. And when someone handed me a Bible for the first time, I expected to be bored to sleep, and instead I flipped it open halfway through to the New Testament where our reading was tonight. We have four accounts, eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you've never picked up a Bible, pick one up, start there. You'll see that Jesus isn't boring, and quickly as I read, I realized that Jesus loved parties. He loved feasts and weddings and drinking. In fact, he was often accused of being a glutton or a drunkard. And even though he was neither of those things, he must have been doing something to give that impression. Jesus inaugurated, he started his work here on earth, his ministry, not by raising someone from the dead or healing someone, but by multiplying water into wine. And it's said that over 1,700 bottles were produced of the finest wine at a wedding party. Jesus is not a killjoy. In fact, he was killed to give us joy. This is the story of the kingdom of God, that through Jesus, his birth, his life, his death, and his his resurrection, he took everything that we deserved for our rebellion against God. He took all of our brokenness and our shame, the consequences of that separation and death, so that we, all of humanity, for all of time, even me, even you, can be invited to the greatest party there will ever be. This is great news of great joy for all people. And so my whole point for this talk, if you remember only one thing, it is no matter who you are, where you've come from, your background, your perception, your faith, you are invited to come. Come and experience the greatest party there will ever be. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the thousandth time, But also, Jesus instates us as his party people. He invites us to partner with him in hosting the greatest party ever, all of us. He says, go, go and extend the invitation. 
In this story, for the people being sent out to do the inviting, it really is the most exciting thing because these guys will have spent days in anticipation preparing the food, getting the place ready. So for these guys, they have smelt the food. They have tasted the wine. They know exactly how good the party is going to be. And they then get the privilege of sharing in that invitation. Come, see the greatest man there has ever been. And granted, perhaps the invite now today is slightly different. And I think it's in part, church, because we've undersold the kingdom of God. Have we forgotten the feasting and the partying and the joy that comes with following Jesus? In fact, in lockdown, I was living with a family and one of the guys that I lived with, we decided to invite our entire street to an online alpha figuring they had nothing better to do. So we personalized these invitations. We sent them round to every single house on the street. Over 100 houses were invited. Guess how many turned up? Zero. If you want an alpha story, that is a fail one. So be encouraged if you've been rejected. (laughs) And when things eased off, we then invited them to a post-lockdown PIMS party. And then guess how many turned up? We had like hundred and something in the back garden. Because would you like to come to church or would you like to come to Alpha? It doesn't quite have the same ring to it, does it? I can't remember the last time I invited someone to church and they were like, yeah, church, that's where the party is. <laughs> like, maybe it is, but these invites always aren't well received and that's okay. And sometimes for good reason. Maybe some of you have been in here and this is your first time in church for a long time because you've experienced the hurt, the disappointment of church or Christians or unanswered prayers. For some of you, you might just be too busy with uni and assignments or work. I'm not sure I've got enough time to explore the bigger meaning of life right now. Or maybe you've pulled up to church tonight in your Porsche and you've got three trips to the Bahamas planned this summer and you're like, actually, I just don't need Jesus. Or maybe you just think, Actually, I've done some things in my life that would leave me feeling really judged and guilty if I spent too much time with Christians. And we saw some absolute crackers in this passage, right? It says, I've just bought a field. I must go and see it. Like, bruv, your field's going to be there tomorrow. Come to the party. (laughs) The second's like, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. I've got to go try them out, which is kind of like saying, I've just bought a car, and then I'm going to test drive it. Like, it's a ridiculous excuse. And the third says, I just got married, so I can't come. (laughs) In my first year of uni, I... (laughs) Bro, you didn't want to explain it. I'm sure they were building an Ikea desk. In my first year of uni, I lived with a guy called John, and he absolutely loves Jesus. Actually, he's a bit of a strange boy, because whilst I was going out and partying, he was at home praying for me. Or if I made loads of mess in the kitchen, he would, like, wash up for me. It was really weird. But he loved me so much that every single week, without fail, throughout my first year of university, he invited me to something Christian-y. And uh, his patience is amazing because he was listening to me come up with the most ridiculous excuses ever, much like the guys in this story. I remember one night he came into my bedroom and I was like painting my legs blue. I was head to toe blue, dressed as a Smurf, ready to go for a night out. And he says, hey, Jude, do you want to come to church tomorrow? And I thought, "Mm, 
no, <laughs> I think I've got to do some uni work, which was the most ridiculous excuse he knew. Both of us knew that I wouldn't be seeing the light of day the following morning. But he didn't give up, because John knew that no matter what party I went to, a party that he had experienced and will one day experience for all of eternity was going to be amazing. And no excuse I could ever come up with would be enough. And for that... I am so glad. And so whatever the reason it might be, whatever excuse people provide as not to come, do not be disheartened. Some just need a second invitation or third, or for me, 50th. And so my point is, invite people. Invite people anyway and invite people again. But who is invited The guys listening to this would have thought that they were the in crowd. Only the Jewish would have been invited to this party. But Jesus says, no, the invitations to the party go far and wide. The most exclusive party in the entirety of history is the most inclusive one. The host of the party proclaims, go out quickly into the streets and alleys in the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind. Bring in everyone. And in fact, it's this stuff that got Jesus into trouble. Actually, this stuff here, like Jesus was throwing some serious shade. Like Jesus is being pretty passive aggressive because the Pharisees around the table here will have been squirming in their seats. Because these guys, the religious ones, the religious leaders, the ones who should have known better, were the ones that were using partying and feasting and the table to bring boundaries and barriers around the kingdom of God. You wouldn't be invited if you were unclean or if you were a sinner or a Gentile. They were outraged that Jesus might party with the very ones that they had worked so hard to keep on the outside, to ostracize, to keep on the margins. They thought this party was an A-list party only. But Jesus was saying, no, no, this is an A to Z-list party. Everyone is invited. So how do you get the name on the list? You're already on it. How do you get an invitation? There is already one. Maybe you'll start thinking like, Jody, you don't look dressed for a party. I've not got the right clothes. It doesn't matter. You don't know the right people? Does not matter. Some of you can't remember the last time you went to a party or got on the dance floor, and you're sat there thinking, maybe my arthritis won't let me do the sweet moving. It doesn't matter. You are invited. Whatever the exclusion, whether you've put it on yourself or someone else has excluded you, you are invited. Who have you written off? For me, it was my younger brother. When I came to faith, he was the last person in my life that I deemed ready to accept an invitation. He wanted absolutely nothing to do with it when I came to faith. It was abrasive, it was awkward. And it was just not fun. And he lived a proper party lifestyle. And I thought there is no way on this planet that he would be interested. So much so that I actually withheld some of the invitations. But at some point, I did. I invited him. And I invited him to a few more things. And then I got discouraged and I stopped for a long time. And then at some point, he signed up to Alpha out of nowhere. And he came every single week. And on the morning of the Holy Spirit day, he called me up and says, Jody, I think it's true. He had met with the living, resurrected Jesus, and his life had been turned up on its head in a matter of moments. 
So don't just invite your friends or the ones you think might be up for it. Invite the last, the least, the lost. Who have you written off? Invite those guys too. Because church, against all odds, are fantastic odds in the kingdom of God. And so the invitation is out there. But the question is, what do you do with it? Are you going to come up with an excuse not to come or not to join in? Are you going to leave Jesus on red? Or do you come? Do you experience the party? Meet the greatest party host there has ever been. Come. But even those who do say no, the host isn't give up. God doesn't give up, and praise the Lord for that. Do you notice that the last-minute invitations are the most effective ones? Guys, we've got two days until Alpha, and two days in God's world is absolutely nothing. Extend those invitations far and wide. God won't give up until his banquet table is full. And I am so glad I got that invitation again for the 50th time, whatever it might have been, because I am a party girl. I spent years trying to find the best parties. I played football to the highest level I could so I could get into the best parties I could. I went to university to try and find the best parties there. I even moved to the other side of the world to see if their parties were any better. But I couldn't find the party where I thought the party was. The balloons were always half full. The pints were always half empty. I just ended up high or drunk and disappointed. And even the best parties I went to had to end at some point. I'd go home full, but empty. I'd searched everywhere and found very little. That was until a friend invited me to church again, three years later after I first was invited. And on the back of a party, I'd been out, I'd been out until five in the morning, and he had waited up that evening to make sure I was okay to welcome me home. And as I cried on him and listened to him, realizing that there was something different about this guy, he invited me to church. He said, come, Jodie, tomorrow morning. And in not so polite words, I told him no. (laughs) And he said, that's okay, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going tomorrow. Feel free to come if you change your mind. And I went to bed, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't sleep. I stayed up the entire night, and then somehow I found myself in a car on my way to church, much like this. And I walked in and I experienced a welcome that I had never received anywhere. The people were different. The music was different. The wine was different. They had something I didn't have. And this church, they didn't have it all. In fact, they had very little. But they had a deep joy that I just couldn't explain. And they weathered the harder seasons of life with a hope that I was desperate for. They had experienced the true party and the king of heaven, and he had invited me to come. And I went to church for a couple of weeks after that, and then someone invited me along to an Alpha course. And I didn't have all of the answers, but when I came to Jesus, when I sat at his table that he had prepared for me, the great banquet, I had realized that the feast lay before me was one that was far better than any I could have imagined myself. Jesus changed my life in the most wonderful of ways, in a matter of moments, and this isn't out of the ordinary. This is what Jesus is in the business of doing. This is his desire. 
The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost, and he came to do it how? By eating and drinking. This is what he loves to do, and he invites us to partner with him in doing the inviting too. And so just imagine someone in your life now who doesn't know Jesus. And perhaps you're sat there thinking, that's me. What would, I, what would you say if I told you that in a matter of nine weeks, you, your friend, your colleague, your family member, could have had a life-changing encounter with the living, resurrected Jesus and have had their lives turned upside down in the best of ways? There is an invitation for you, for all of you, with your name on it, to the best, the most wonderful eternal party, and to meet the fun, compassionate, most loving party host. And what is your response? Who will you invite?